<laughs> Just leave that in. Word. Let's start the episode right there. Yeah. Ooh, a nice refreshing episode of Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, I will decide later or not if the big sippy makes the cut. But for now, hello, we're doing Cyborg 009 episodes uh, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And 20, the uh, dog one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, no need to bury the lead. The dog one. <laughs> like, uh, we know what you're uh, here for, the, you sickos. Yeah, these, these episodes basically, in my opinion, were like the first one I was like, Oh yeah, that did happen last time. But then like nothing it did. They just kind of got got away from it. And then 2 and 3 um I forget except for there's one lady with an incredible accent. And then then there's the dog <laughs> episode. Like it's basically like forgettable, forgettable, forgettable the dog episode. So let's uh let's get through the crops huh? <laughs> let's get to the dog episode. <laughs> it's a pretty good dog. Uh yeah, so uh episode 17 begins where 16 ends if you don't remember uh they were underground in their submarine and they got attacked by that like jellyfish thing that incapacitated them all and got captured by the manta ray guy uh the guy oh, gonna get out of ship. this one yeah uh so we see the manta ray ship flying over bikini atoll i don't know there's also some bombers i have no idea those play like no part of the plot so it doesn't matter we're just uh, getting that, a world tour here or at least a south pacific tour yeah the uh frez guy is super static um he's like oh we got to go check on the prisoners now and everything because you know he obviously captured the dolphin and it's inside the manta rays bay or something i don't know why like that ship's just much bigger than the dolphin but whatever uh, we see a shot inside of the dolphin of some grunts looking around checking it out uh frez calls the cope and his co-pilot dude called the strike team they ask for us uh what's up they say that all the cyborgs aren't moving they might be dead uh, Frez like doesn't care. He's super happy that he has yeah, fulfilled like, his mission. Oh, we used our super electronic scrambler thing that destroys any electronics. Surely any cyborgs inside would be turbo dead. There's no way they would get out of this. No way. There, it is impossible. No, there's no way. Could have been they done. Would, if only. Yeah, this is. Mm, mm, everybody, <laughs> get ready. The way they get out of this one. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so, so what you're saying, Ty, is that this is all a lie. The series just ended here, right? Right. They're, yeah. they're all dead, right? Only an no, act of what God I'm saying is, them. yeah, what I'm saying is maybe one member of the team, maybe one member of the team is a little too fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so the Manta Ray uh, starts flying over Australia. We know it's Australia because we see koalas in Ayers Rock. Uh, speaking of Ayers Rock, they just kind of landed it. Like a side it's, of it just opens up and they fly Ayers on Ayers Rock in. is a black ghost base. <laughs> like, fuck it. <laughs> How does that work? Because that's like a major tourist attraction. Like there would be hundreds uh, since of people. Black Ghost started haunting the place. <laughs> Maybe uh, so there's they... a source of income for Black Ghost is tourism. Right. Oh, yeah, it's right. true. Yeah. Except you're not allowed there on Saturdays because <laughs> that's when he lands all the fighters. Yeah. So uh, as they start landing, the Montever thing it blows up, um, and Black Ghost is like, "What was that?" From his throne room. It fucking like. I don't know, Rams hits it. the landing yeah. a little too hard and slams no, into yeah. the uh, nobody bay. hit the brakes. What are they doing? Um, so it bursts in the flames. Uh, people start trying to put out the fires and whatnot. And There's course, a cute little like black ghost fire truck, like water truck. Oh my god! Yes, they're so adorable. <laughs> he has to brand his own fire trucks. <laughs> yeah, the fire brigade comes out and they start putting out the flames. And out of the smoke comes all the cyborgs and they run through the guards and start shooting dudes. Uh, the grunts yell and tell. One of my favorite guys, he's like standing there in front of a door and he's like, oh no, it's the cyborgs. We can't let him pass. And then they walk up to him and he just kind of like gets out of the way. Immediately <laughs> like, dives out of the way. It's amazing. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, I better do anything to keep him from getting through. Well, Later. I tried nothing and it didn't work. Oh, well. And then he calls the base. <laughs> yeah, so the grunts uh, tell Black Ghost and he, of course, is yelling at them to capture the cyborgs. Um, we see some stuff. Five busts through a wall and they all hide on the other side. It's really stupid because somehow they don't notice that the busted metal wall has been welded back in the place from the other side, but whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, so Seven explains that one did a thing in the last episode and it saved them. And then we did a flashback to one doing his thing in the last episode to save them. And now uh, Gilmore says that it was an EMP and one is sleeping again because he used up all of his days sex mocking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, baby. one can only do one thing. Save them all. In <laughs> every then, episode block. And then he's asleep because otherwise there would be no episodes. <laughs> one would just win everything. Oh, I kill my baby yeah. to crush Black Ghost's skull. Oh, well, we're guess we're done here. Yeah, I he can't can just, believe like, one is just Black Ghost. Like teleporting an inanimate object into him. Yeah, it's just like the team's burst. Like you get yep. one, you get one one per round, and then you get then okay, it counts after this one. It's because he just did a force field. For the record, he's just like, yeah. oh, number one did a force field and saved everyone. Like literally, what a child does when they're playing tag or whatever. You yep. know, like oh That's no, the baby did. Field. Like just di- baby did it. Fucking Amazing. Calvin balls at all. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So never uh, let a baby have unlimited power. They don't understand <laughs> restraint. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. So seven asks what they should do. Four and two want to just blow everything up. Uh, eight's like, okay. So if we gotta do that, we gotta steal some weapons to blow everything up. Uh, so four's like, let's go over to the control center, take it over, and figure out what we're doing from there. Um, seven notices that the ducks all go someplace, so they have three scan ahead and figure out where the uh, radio command center thing is i don't know it's just big they make a plan it really annoys me because she's like oh i don't want to fight and it's like you've just been kidnapped by the villain what do you want do you want to go and tell him to stop annoying you no you're gonna have to fight him three get over it uh so so we cut back to frez which is the commander dude Uh, he's in his manta he's freaking out because he knows he totally uh fucked everything up Um, he brought them to the base yeah so he gets out of the manta and starts like kind of climbing down the side and Black Ghost Hologram just shows up and so he starts immediately groveling saying he's sorry. Black Ghost is having none of it. He zaps the dude, yeah. lights him on he's fire like, and makes him fall chance, for One more chance, please. One more chance. And he's like, I'll yep. let you have both a chances. Both of these nuts. And just like eliminates him. Like, he's just so done with it. He's so, he's like, I am done with your bullshit, sir. This is the fifth time. Like, it's a... Uh, it's a rare moment of Black Ghost uh, being maybe a little more forceful than is necessary to his uh, troops. But it's, it's also wild. like his hologram can set people on fire. Why didn't it just? I'm, I'm going to say why didn't it set cyborgs on fire? But we're going to learn that cyborgs that cannot, won't matter. Cyborgs <laughs> are, are flame proof. They cannot be sent on because fire, spoilers. But. This is not the only immolation of this block of episodes, <laughs> which is an incredible thing to say about this chi- children's TV show. Yeah, yeah. luckily it's set on fire in these episodes. You're right these episodes yeah. are grisly i mean like yeah especially then there's the cook oh that food no but uh yeah let's go <laughs> yeah so um we're at the command center i gotta say there's a lot of great no-name voice acting work like there's a whole bunch of like dudes just like commanding stuff in the command center and they're like doing their whole you know send stuff to sector four sort of shit in the background it's pretty good yep. <laughs> Um, so one of the guards is at the door. He sees Black Ghost outside and immediately, of course, opens the door for him. Hi, uh, Bla- it's me, Black Ghost. Thank you, citizen. <laughs> yeah, Black Ghost enters the command room and starts telling everybody, he's like, you guys are all really working hard for me. Uh, take a break. And then shoots them all with a sleep ray. 
Um, it makes they have now. I swear to God, that gun gets more upgrades than any of the characters. <laughs> this gun just does whatever they need it to do in a Love certain episode. Yeah, so it wasn't Black Ghost. It was Seven pretending to be Black Ghost. He immediately the? thanks the room for... A, he immediately thanks his drama coach for a, helping him with the greatest uh, acting performance of his life or something. I love my job. Yeah. <laughs> I believe he says at some point. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. He's just having fun. I like it. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, so uh, all the other cyborgs come in the room and they four starts giving out a plan. They got to find the ammo storage base, set up some time they bombs. finally have to go to the ammo store. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They are going to the ammo store. It's a couple episodes later. Um, they make up some plan. People are going places. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about force offhand. Go to the ammo store. Like, what a what a line! Damn. Yeah, they're gonna go get the bombs and then blow up the jet fuel storage and also the power reactor. And some of them are gonna. There's sit no in the Bass Pro Shop here. Before <laughs> I'm, I'm going to the Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> uh, so they start running around the base as a montage of them beating up mooks uh, who are sometimes robots. It doesn't matter. Um, in the control room, Gilmore is doing some hacking stuff. Um, one of the radios calls the control room for backup. So Seven gets in, morphs himself into a different looking dude and just starts BSing his way about sending resupplies and, you know, reinforcements. He's Oh yeah, we'll uh, send those cyborgs to hell. That's right. Yeah, the uh, cyborgs break into the ammo room. They find charges and start planting them everywhere. Um, Seven gets another call. This time it's from one of the commanders, and the commander uh, fucks or commander realizes that like the guy Seven is trying to impersonate is not real, and so let they me know see the your identification, soldier. Uh, what's your name? Uh, I don't know. Steve. I got like a <laughs> lot says, of. He uh, says the thing is, is uh, I forgot, and he's like, "Oh, you're with them," and he's like, "Uh," and it hangs up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like. Actually, it's absolutely an amateur hour crank call fuck up. Like, yeah. Yeah. just, oh, I didn't think to plan this far ahead. Oh, fuck. I got a lot of, like, uh, Star something. Wars episode four where Han is just pretending, it's like, I'm good, how, how are you? Sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> anyway, the commander tells Black Ghost the control center is compromised, and Black Ghost sends, says to bring Tesla, I think they said it was out? Yes. Bring uh, out the what, Tesla. Yeah, one of the guys is like, but it's still, you know, experimental. And, of course, Black Ghost shoots him, lights him on fire, and he dies. Second person. <laughs> This this scene at 1.6 speed is fucking hysterical. Yes. Like, holy shit. Like, just seeing, like, it's two guys walk up and he's like, Black Ghost, we need to go. And Black Ghost is like, all right, well, we'll get the Tesla. And then one guy goes, but the Tesla, sir, the Tesla isn't. And he just explodes. And he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, it's so fast. Like, it's just like, all right, we need to go. And the I other guy's just, just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's so great because the Black Ghost then teleports to the next guy and then they walk out the room. And yes. Like, <laughs> he gets up off his throne, teleports five feet, and then they walk the rest of the way. He just did it to fuck with that guy. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's ju- just intimidating him. Like, it's purely a nothing personnel kid to fuck with him. Like, I love it. Uh, so we get some more shots of the cyborgs beating up some guys. It really doesn't matter. Um, five chops the top off of a fission nuclear reactor and drops a bomb in it where the control rods are. You know, just As you do. Hell fucking yeah. He's about you to know, a, yeah. Yeah, he's about to drop a Chernobyl on Ayers Rock. Just Yeah, he, he's about to fucking Chernobyl Ayers Rock. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's a Saturday. <laughs> Uh, mooks blow off the door to the command center uh, seven draws a gun but some weird triangle looking robot which is presumably the tesla thing uh floats in there uh seven shoots at it nothing happens to it so the bot spins oh and does a thing God. it's so funny that he shoots it twice it's like nothing's working <laughs> <laughs> yeah i the, shot uh, it twice and it didn't work <laughs> i'm out of ideas 
That's true. Like, someone could have, like, tried the bullshit or something, but... Meh. Yeah, so um, the robot starts doing its thing, and it starts uh, making all the cyborgs freak out with their head pains again. Um, the other groups start running back to the control center, uh, and they also get knocked out by the Tesla thing. The only one who doesn't is Nine because he uses his super fast powers to get out of the way. They do the exact same shot twice of, like... Group one of robots running in and getting incapacitated, and then like ten seconds later, group two of robots runs in and gets incapacitated in the doorway. I gotta be honest, I completely forgot about the Tesla part of this because it is so inconsequential and nothing in the long term. Like nope. everyone walks in and goes, ah shit, and then nine goes, mm, no. We activated the done. capture device. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, like presumably it uses like electromagnetism or something like the previous one did. How are you faster than yeah. that? How are you faster that's than light. the speed of light? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> he just nopes the fuck out of there. Accelerator mode. Oh no! I'm, it hit me before I finished. <laughs> like, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. By Should've the time you see it. it activating, it's already too late. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, all the cyborgs except Nine are now captured in the control center. Black Ghost starts taunting Nine, saying, you know, I'm here, come out, you coward, and all that stuff. Uh, so he does. Black Ghost says he has a proposition. He wants to fight him one-on-one. Mono uh, a mono. Gilmore is there. He says, of course, it's a trap, uh, that uh, Black Ghost is way too powerful. I, uh, I but- like the mook that chimes in, and Black Ghost is like, do you want to be burnt toast? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like your friend. I've been in kind of a Bernie mood lately. Do you want to test it? <laughs> He's so ham. I love it. Yeah, there's actually a great line here. Uh, Nine says that he accepts Black Ghost's proposition. So Black Ghost is like, delicious. <laughs> delicious. Yeah, it's so good. I sure would hate if this guy got dropped into a nuclear reactor. <laughs> So they start Zwee fighting around the control center. Uh, back, Black Ghost loses his cape and starts throwing fists. And uh, they actually took the time to animate this. Yeah, it looks um, pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks good compared to the rest of the show, which is kind of lazy. Um, mm-hmm. Gilmore starts watching Nine get the beat the fuck up because Black Ghost is way more powerful. Uh, Black Ghost says that he's no challenge and then um, says that he's going to scrap the rest of the robots. Uh, Gilmore is like, no, please take me instead of the robots. The cyborgs did nothing wrong or something. Uh, Black Ghost says it's um, his fault, or referring to Gilmore, and says that you will watch them be melted because he goes all evil there. Uh, and that's when the bombs that they had all set up earlier start going Remember off. Remember the bombs? Yeah, so the guards get distracted. Gilmore's able to run over to the Tesla and kind of like wrestling checks it away. So he body Black checks the Tesla and... Yeah, because it's the most unstable design in the history. It's a triangle it's upside down. Yeah, yeah it's a cone. Yeah. I knew so I should have bought a tripod for that thing. Yeah, he grabs the pointy <laughs> bottom end and just, just knocks it knocks over. It over. <laughs> yeah, so it hits Black Ghost, and Black Ghost starts freaking out the same way the cyborgs did. Um, Nine gets up from being injured, and then Grapple headbutts Black Ghost into like this large vertical vent. Yeah, like one of the bombs blew up the computer screens on the side of the room, and now there's a vent in there. So he tackles him into that, and oh look, it's the nuclear reactor. Yeah, it's the, the shaft reactor down vent to the right nuclear behind, reactor. <laughs> behind the control, it makes no sense. Yeah, so they're yeah. falling. I want to see like, the blueprint. It's, like, it's here. like if they like hid the ventilation of the nuclear reactor behind like. The uh, vending machine in the break room. Yeah, and you're just basically. Like, hey guys, uh, can we not have that air in here? I'm pretty sure that's bad. I'm not like a doctor, but I don't think that's good. I don't think we should be breathing that. Look, it's fine as long as no one blows a hole in the wall behind the vending machine. <laughs> uh. It sounds like a black mesa problem. 
Yeah, it sounds like, you know, an asbestos in a business problem. Like, it's okay as long as you don't open the wall. Yeah, so um, Black Ghost and Nine are falling through the vent towards the reactor. Um, Black Ghost is freaking out. He's like, let go of me, but Nine's holding on to him. And I guess Nine passes out here because one wakes up for half a second, teleports him out of the room, and then falls back to sleep. Yep. Uh, Black Ghost falls right into the reactor. Uh, has the great line, I can't be defeated by prototype cyborgs. Wait till I get out of here. I'll kill all of you. No. And then, of course, he explodes. He's <laughs> fucking sitting in the nuclear goop being like, I'm going to give a monologue right now. Yeah. Uh, so everything Black starts exploding. Rules. <laughs> like, uh, look, I don't, I don't agree with his methods, but damn, the dude's a party everywhere he goes. <laughs> he does have a, a sense of theatric flair. <laughs> um, so yeah, everything starts exploding. Uh, the cyborgs run, of course, to the dolphin, fly it out of Ayers Rock. Ayers Rock, of course, explodes. Hell um, yeah. All of the cyborgs are in the dolphin. They're all looking very solemn and sad. And three asses, like, is that the end of Black Ghost? And Gilmore's like, it is, for now. With the biggest fucking, like, sequel hook bah, as they fly bah, off to the ship. I can't believe we just destroyed Ayers Rock. <laughs> Guys, that was history. Yeah, that's that like was a history, that. cultural site. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like, there's a lot of, I'm pretty sure there's religions that have stuff around it, so we probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> that seems do bad. It. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so. if Black Ghost hadn't beat up Nine so badly, he wouldn't have fallen unconscious, and he would also be dead. There so you really, go. Black Ghost defeated himself. Thanks, Black Ghost. Oh, you're saying right. I forgot he can only teleport things that are unconscious. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's it was rule. relevant. <laughs> Unbelievable. They made it relevant, and Black Ghost forgot. Black Ghost forgot one weird trick to getting any cyborg out of here. <laughs> Damn. It's also weird that fucking one who had been asleep the entire episode happened to wake up just that moment to... Um, Teleport him, of course. He I mean, set an alarm just, for himself because he could probably okay. see the future at this point. <laughs> oh my god, he when probably you, can. <laughs> when you have a Deus Ex Machina on a cooldown, at some point, the Deus Ex Machina itself is circumventing the cooldown, <laughs> which is basically what the child has done at this point. Yep. <laughs> okay, so episode 18 starts. Uh, it's New York City. Uh, we see two in some civilian. Does it have to? Does it have to start? <laughs> <laughs> this episode's weird. I, I don't hate wait. this episode. I oh, mean, wait, wait, wait. it's gonna be is hell this the to jet recap, one or is but... this the cooking one? This is the yeah, cooking yeah. one. Keep... This is the cooking um, one. Oh, this is the cooking one. Okay. Yeah. Oh. As an aside, this episode presents like a lot of vignettes, so it jumps around a bit. So sorry if that's <laughs> yeah. confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's New York City. Two is in civilian clothing in like an apartment, uh, trying to follow instructions on this like cooking TV show program. He's absolutely awful at cooking. He's burning everything, burning himself. He doesn't know what bay leaves are. Um, he's a white guy, so that makes sense. Uh, his apartment's a mess. Um, and this is the last time we'll see him until the end of the episode. Pretty cause... much, yeah. He says he blew his opportunity to learn to cook from Six, and there's a flashback to him on the dolphin, like, being too good to learn Six's cooking. I um, love that he's such an ass, like, that he was the only person who didn't learn how to cook from Six. Like, <laughs> it, it actually sets this up and doesn't pay it off for a while, but... It's very yeah, good. Yeah, it's a it's a neat character moment for him. The show's how much of an asshole he is. But yeah, he's <laughs> also dead. He, 
he's also angry that someone made cyborgs that get hungry. That seems like a very cruel thing to do. But yeah, yeah, like his attitude here, it it really is. It tells a back, it tells a better backstory than an entire backstory episode for him. Mike, Which, for example, hypothetically, if that was to happen, <laughs> hypothetically, him just being like, literally everyone else on this ship has learned to cook from six because he's always cooking for us and he's the nicest man and like everyone just wants to help him and stuff except for two who's just d- dick boy deluxe <laughs> 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 uh, so we go back to Kazumi's place on the uh, cliffside uh, him and Gilmore are out looking at the ocean and Kazumi's like oh thank you for making that wonderful dinner last night this whole scene is supposed to be them being endearing but it just seems like they're two old gay dudes they're so are. I'm glad we're all on the same page about that just being too gay old men. Uh, Taking care of a baby, as you do. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, once they're sleeping, of course. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, Kazumi's like, I miss the cy- having the cyborgs around. And Gilmore says, like, well, they're all adults and they're all getting on with their lives. You know? Our children <laughs> have moved. They've moved out. They're free from the <laughs> nest. To the, to the beach. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we cut back to that jungle mine from uh, Eight's episode. Uh, Kabori, again, his friend, the rebel commander guy, is uh, talking to Eight. Apparently, somehow he got the mining rights back to the mine he was in, but he's having not a lot of luck finding the Metal X, which is what he was trying to dig up. Uh, he jokes that he was cursed and eats like, oh, I'm delivering the structural food to a village in a drought, and he drives off. There's this great thing here where, like, uh, Gori is like, you want, you want, or Kabori's like, you want any help with that? And he's like, no, I want to get all of the satisfaction of giving them the food myself. Me, hello. Yeah, Just as me. <laughs> I'm the hero. Fuck off. You don't get part of the spotlight, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Um, so we match cut to a snowy mountain. There's a truck driving up a blizzard conditioned mountain here. Um, the driver uh, is driving and four sitting next to him in the passenger seat. Uh, the truck gets stuck in the snow. So, of course, they uh, like say something like, we're never going to get this delivery done on time. And the driver's like, you know how hard it is to find a job these days, which is strange. I feel a cyborg could probably get a lot of good jobs, but... <laughs> it was a weird well, sentence. Well, I don't know. One through... F- well, I guess two through four... Um, aren't exactly legal considering they disappeared <laughs> for 50 years. Yeah, they don't have papers. That's true. No. <laughs> also, their tech is probably about 50 years out of date. Their, yeah. Uh, yeah. Resumes. Uh, yeah. So four gets out of and starts trying to push the truck while the other guy guns the engine. Uh, we get a match cut to five holding a crane from falling over, like in a giant construction crane from falling this over. This episode is like 30% match cuts by volume, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. For a children's show, it's not bad in the cinematography they do in terms of editing. Um, compared like to some it. shows, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Five is preventing this crane from tippling and falling <coughs> over, and uh, as he writes it up, like the I-beam that was being held from the crane kind of like swings at him, and he just stops it with his hand. Uh, the foreman comes over because they're at a construction site uh, and starts yelling at the crane driver, saying the crane driver is reckless and could have killed everyone. You are so fired, dude. Yeah, but then Five's like, you know, give him another chance. He's trying his best, and then the foreman's like wow you stopped that with no. your hand that's weird <laughs> no if you were not here weird superman then a bunch of people would have been very hurt and i would have lost a lot of money so <laughs> no fired. still firing him but if you want a job <laughs> like that's, that's I, how I think he does work gone. there though like yeah it's wild i see that like yeah that crane driver should have automatically been fired but you know Whatever. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Gilmore and Kazumi. They're playing Go. Uh, they're talking about how Six opened a restaurant up in Japan. Uh, we cut to Six uh, at the restaurant. He is begging Three to wear a Chinese dress, one of those chen- chen songs. 
Chong Sens. Chong Sens, yeah. yeah. I'm dyslexic, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, it's okay. I can't pronounce foreign languages. So between the two of us, <laughs> people can sp- we'll, we'll split up the tweets of complaints between the two of us. Okay, <laughs> and then it's, we can both carry this load. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently there was a big food critic coming tonight, and uh, he's super desperate to get you know a good review so his restaurant does well. Uh, she's super reluctant about wearing the dress, but he keeps begging her. Um, we cut to nine. He's at a fish market. Uh, he picks up a whole bunch of fish, presumably for the restaurant, and the guy gives him a bunch of shit for wearing a costume. Nine is the only one. He's the only that, one that's not in like civilian clothing. He's I like wearing his think, red suit. I think it's because he's using his powers, his fast powers. <laughs> Rip the clothes off his body. <laughs> I, I, I think that's that it. might be the case. I, I think that's actually the case. Yeah. <laughs> My tweed suit could not handle accelerator because mode. he's super <laughs> embarrassed about being caught out in that outfit. <laughs> It's like the fucking Hulk problem. He needs to find some sweatpants or something yeah. that can deal with 500 Gs of acceleration. Uh, we cut back to four. Could you imagine Bruce Banner, though, in like 30XL sweatpants, just hang, just swimming in them when he's waiting, just chilling like, oh, you never know when it's going to, no, I can't wear jeans today, honey. No, no, no. I, you know, I could Hulk out. Like. Bruce Banner in those fucking tight jeans, things just get ripped anyway. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, so we cut back to four. He's trying to push the truck. Uh, the truck starts slipping, falls off the cliff. He saves the driver at the last moment, but the driver's somehow hurt. I don't know how this works. Also, the driver is like super death culty here. Like, you should have let me fall off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, the driver is like has super depression or something. Like he is. a job. I've got nothing to live for. Yeah. Uh, we cut to eight driving his truck. He's looking pretty happy until the truck explodes. Uh, he flies out. He's fine of course but this whole scene is also cut so ridiculously like he's driving along like boy those children sure are gonna be happy boom yeah so the truck (laughs) explodes and then he falls out of it and he says oh nuts i hit a landmine like it's just something that's like normal (laughs) i guess (laughs) ah shit not again (laughs) yeah uh we cut back to four he's driving he's dragging the driver through like the snow mountain it's super blizzardy out so it's like hard to see anything uh he sees a cabin uh, so he starts heading towards it. Uh, we cut the five. He's at the construction site. Uh, it's the end of the day. So he goes and talks with the crane driver. The crane driver says that uh, he's not from Japan. He's Chinese. Uh, he's homesick and very depressed. And he's like, well, maybe we should go get some food or something. And the Chinese guy just kind of leaves. He just walks off. Uh, we cut back to eight. He's looking through the burnt out truck. Uh, he's, there's only two bags of flour left. And he's wondering if he should carry them to the village or not. And, like if it's even worth it. But he decides to do it. The two bags of flour are better than literal famine, I guess. I guess, yeah. We cut back to six. Six is roasting both seven and nine for picking bad cuts of meat. Like, they had put, like, this, like, giant platter of meat on the table for him to cook. And I guess, like, it's not the correct meat that he wanted. Not for the food critic from Ratatouille. Yeah, he was like, he's like, yeah, no, this is all fresh. I don't care. It's the wrong cuts, you dipshits. Like, these, this is so bad. He's like, this is terrible quality. It's very fresh, but it's butt cheeks. I, I feel that this cheeks. is partially on six because he has, like, these high expectations for these two people that have no knowledge of cooking right. to do something for them. But mm-hmm. it's, Oh, it's absolutely six's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe no, there's has no never question. set foot in, in a yeah, fish market. They're all interrupted by three showing up in that Chinese dress. And uh, they all get googly-eyed oh, over her. And Seven hubba, does. Can hubba. I call you Mugu Guy Pan? Because you look like my favorite dish. That's very creepy. Don't say that to your coworker. <laughs> Please don't say that to anyone ever. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll say that ever. Yeah. 
Uh, eight, or sorry, cut back to four. Four is talking with the driver guy. They were in the cabin. They found firewood and lit a fire, which is good, but there is no food there, and they're both very hungry. And the driver guy says that the blizzard may last a week and they may starve to death. The Why'd driver, you let me not fall over that cliff? Now I gotta starve, you jackass. Yeah, the it's kind of a contradiction here. The <clears> driver <throat> guy is super depressive while four is trying to be optimistic the entire time. He says, like, look on the bright side. You didn't die. That's cool, you know. Uh, if we cut to five, uh, five is walking across a bridge, like going home, I guess, from his job. And he sees the crane driver like on the edge about to jump. Uh, the crane driver does jump, but he catches him and says, like, you have everything to live for. You know, don't kill yourself. That's bad. A match cuts to eight carrying a sack of flour across the rope bridge. Uh, we cut back to four. He's in the cabin. The driver guy says, like, oh, you should have let me die out there. And four is again trying to be positive. He's looking around the cabin. He notices a photo on the wall in, like, the summertime. There's flowers in it. This comes up later. <laughs> it's, it's hard to summarize this episode because there's so many cuts between these different vignettes, yeah. like, constantly. This, this is, like, if you've ever seen the film Tampopo, it's, like, Tampopo for kids. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> a ton of food-related vignettes rapid fire trying to explain, like, food, the importance of food to people's lives and then also uh, there's some weird side plots too but it, yeah it's really bizarre and I guess it's appropriate for the first episode after the quote unquote like did we destroy it's Black over. Coast like, after yeah, it finishes yeah vacation block two happening now and, yeah uh yeah just uh, it's very all over the place though yeah no it's not I, I can back it is not Kubo's fault this episode literally cuts between like four different simultaneous events rapidly yeah. um we're back at the restaurant for six a woman comes in uh this is the critic seven seats her informs uh that six uh, he goes to inform six that the critic is a woman he's like well i'm gonna have to change all my dishes now because have appealing to a woman critic is different than a man critic or something uh, Nine shows up with the new cuts of meat that he was supposed to get, and Six gives him a new list for the lady critic, and he is very flabbergasted by this. Um, Seven says that, like, hey, you know, we had three dress up in that Chinese dress to, you know, make the critic happy, but that's not going to really work on a woman critic, and what should we do? And Three immediately calls Six a male chauvinist. Um, oh, this is why you wanted me to dress this like This whole scene is weird. So, yeah, Three calls Six a male chauvinist, and then Nine is like... Nine says, like, oh, and we made you put on the dress because we all like you. And, of course, since Nine said that, she gets all flustered because she likes Nine. Yeah, the hot one said she was cute. It's better when a hot boy says you're cute than a creepy British man. (laughs) It's true. I mean, you're not wrong. It's true. What if the creepy British man man was a dog first? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was a fun dog that said it? That might make it worse, actually. (laughs) Probably would. (laughs) In what may be the weirdest thing in this episode, we cut the four digging outside in the middle of a blizzard into the ground with a shovel. That ground would be frozen. Yeah. But um, he finds something and he gets happy. Yeah. Uh, we... He's a cyborg. He's very powerful. He uses, he uses his powerful cyborg limbs to crack into the snow and get them taters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to eight. He's delivering food to the village. The village is completely famished and in the drought. So, of course, they love anything that they could get. A small child looks up to him and speaks to him with a 30-year-old's voice. <laughs> <laughs> a very bad South African accent, 30-year-old's voice. I it's... can't place the accents. Here. pretty weird pretty. yes um we cut back to the critic saying that the service is slow and uh seven comes out from behind he has transformed himself into a hunky looking dude and she's like extra points for you because of course she has the hearts in her eyes now 
So if Seven transformed into uh, a really hot dude and told Three that she was hot, would she blush? Is, is all I'm saying. Ooh. Wait, that, that depends. If Seven, it's three no. If Seven, seven turned him. Okay, if Seven turned himself into a sexy lady and then he did it, would it still be chauvinistic? <laughs> That's a good question. These are the real questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. He's still a. He's still a guy. Hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think it's still, I think it's still bad. <laughs> Shapeshifters add a lot of questions to the pool, I find. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Six is cooking. Um, he is like panicking because he's trying to get everything ready for this critic. Uh, he says he uh, he's chopping up this like vegetable. I think it's, I don't know, a radish? A daikon radish? I don't know what it is. Um, he says he doesn't eat part of it and like throws it on the ground. And then like there's a flashback to him doing cooking preparations on the dolphin. Uh, with three and three's like oh we shouldn't waste food even if we don't need it for this meal three three it's been on the ground <laughs> it was on the ground you, yeah that's you be cannot out. you cannot serve <laughs> that. that it's been on the ground the ground is very clean. speaking of which this is the first <laughs> of two different uh health code violations for restaurants in these sets of yes <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we cut the five. Uh, five has brought the Chinese crane driver guy back to his apartment, and he made dumplings for him. He's like, this is the only dish I know how to make that's Chinese. And the crane driver guy gets happy. Uh, he asks Five, is like, do you ever get homesick? And Five's like, yes, and when I do, I make food from my home um, to feel better. And Allow so they... me to explain to you the point of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we cut the four. Four and the driver are eating roasted potatoes. The driver's like, oh, you're really smart to spot the potato plants in the photo that was on the wall from earlier. And we get a flashback to six and four talking about potatoes. There's a really weird line here where six, like, you know, it said something to the effect of, like, your family ate potatoes during a famine. Which means to me to think that this was the Irish potato family, but I thought six was German. Six is German. Oh, there was, um, was there stuff a about potatoes in the war. Yeah. That that was a thing. Um, they couldn't get like food, so there was a lot of potatoes going around. Hmm. Maybe there was a famine in Germany. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and one thing I will say, as far as um, the five kind of looking at the camera and saying, "You see, the point of the episode is food." <laughs> uh, that it's still not as egregious as Tampopo, which is an incredible film, by the way. But <laughs> literally, the opening of the film Tampopo is a very rich man going to watch the film Tampopo and sitting down in the front row and having like a meal prepared and served for him and just being like, it's about food, you see. <laughs> like, <laughs> so... <laughs> hey, I like the Elmo, uh, the Elmo Theater too, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's just one of those times where I'm just like, yeah, you know, sometimes you don't have to be subtle. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went there and had chimichangas and watched Deadpool too. Anyway, oh, I saw a uh, group riff on the film Twister, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's just seeing all the good moments about Twister and cold drinks. That movie is awesome. Do you know the Twister is sentient and hates? But I digress. A tornado that hates. Uh, we go back to eight. Uh, eight is making bread for the village because um, he brought the flour. Uh, there's a flashback of him doing it with Six. Um, during the flashback, Six is like, you should make bread. And he's like, I doubt I'll ever need to make bread for anything. And now, back in the present, he's happy that he And learned. then 2020 happened. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to the restaurant. Uh, Seven is trying to appease this critic. Uh, she calls him no talent stuff. And then Three brings out the food. The lady starts eating. And she's very happy. Um, 
we cut back to four. Four is uh, helping the driver walk through the storm. Apparently, like, it's a lull in the storm, so they left the cabin. Uh, the driver tells him, like, you're super optimistic. And four is like, I used to be a downer on everybody, but then I meet some friends, and they were awesome, and they made me optimistic, and now I got over my depression. And taught me how to farm potato flowers. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to six, who is consoling seven um, for some reason. I forgot why. It's because the critic was flipping out oh, yeah, and yelling yeah. and was like yeah like oh he's like well what's my rate because sirens start going off in the background and then she panics and starts being like oh i gotta go and he's like wait what's my rate and she's like uh minus 300 points it was absolutely dreadful and then just like sprint yeah that's what it was out. <laughs> yeah so seven or and, six uh, is uh, super sad and uh three and nine bring him out some food that they made him themselves with uh the scraps from earlier that cheered him up uh <laughs> the stuff that came from the ground <laughs> yeah uh, six Let's is, go floor lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty second rule, baby. Uh, he's embarrassed that they made a food that had more love in it than he had for his meal for the critic, and showed him that love is matter. And then he looks directly at the camera and says, "Do you understand what the food point of this episode is?" <laughs> and then a cop it? shows it's about, up. It's about food, you see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a cop comes into the restaurant, says that there has been a con woman going around that pretends to be a food critic to get free meals, and of course they're all like, "Ooh." Uh, we cut back to five. Uh, five is back on the construction site. He's eating on the scaffolding um, some food. It looked like chili. I don't know what it was, apparently. Is this like the cartoon equivalent of... Um, so you know how everyone in our generation thought we would have to deal with uh, quicksand at some point because it came up in media so frequently? Mm-hmm. Is this that for restaurants where like this happens so much? Has this ever actually happened in the real world where someone pretending to be a food critic gets a free meal? Has this ever happened in history? <laughs> I, I need to food know. Food critics have to pay for their own meals. Like right. they don't just that get free too, shit. I don't. I don't. I mean, they also I'm sure go like some... in secret a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Don't announce so they can. Like, like right. I feel like you have to be like the president to get a free meal at a restaurant. Like you can't just say <laughs> I'm the food critic and get a free meal. <laughs> it's hey, it's me. I'm the guy. <laughs> Give me a lunch. Yeah, that it. I I just don't think like I imagine if I when I worked at restaurants because I've worked at a couple different restaurants over the course of my life. If someone came up and was like, "I'm the food critic," I'd be like, "Oh, okay. Let me go speak to my manager. <laughs> like, let me go. Yeah. Let me go confirm this with someone higher right. up. Because what? I was this at a restaurant. A I was at a restaurant in Phoenix, and I saw Shaq come in, and Shaq ate at the restaurant when we were there, and he paid for it. So I feel if Shaq doesn't get a free meal, then. Who Some else should get a free meal? Or at least it's comped by the record label or something, right? Yeah. Like that's the plan, and that's the worst because when it's comped by the record label, those motherfuckers never tip. Personal experience, <laughs> by the way. Like, like ah, here's your five hundred dollars worth of wings. Oh, the tip zero. Great, thanks. Awesome. <laughs> this is a new podcast legend of the food service heroes. Fuck, <laughs> I could. Oh my god, it would be a thousand episodes, and I'd never stop being angry. We talk about my pizza delivery experience. Anyway, um. <laughs> we cut to five he's eating the scaffolding um the crane driver dude comes up and eats with him and he showed they kind of share meals because uh the food driver guy made some of his own food from his home country and uh, all that uh we get a match cut of five looking at a butterfly that landed on his hand and he looks out towards the city and it like looks like a mesa in the american southwest because five is again native american we haven't had his episode yet we can't confirm not. that yeah he seems like i I want to see his episode. I want to kind of see how they deal with that. but It's got to be coming, right? Yeah. Like, probably in the next batch. Yeah. 
Um, we cut back to two. Uh, two is still in his apartment, still fucking up his meal because he cannot cook with Rachel Ray. Uh, he has no food in his refrigerator, and then he yells off the balcony that he misses Six's cooking, and that's the. And then he episode. starves to death. Yeah. yeah, and then he fucking dies. <laughs> he just falls on the ground and, oh, if only I knew how to make a hot pocket. <laughs> he falls over. I learned no lessons from food. It's all right, he's in New York. You know the amount of takeout food you can get in New yeah, York? Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. has DoorDash been, like, invented in this universe? Because this dude probably lives within, like, fucking... He has probably has like 300 things around. DoorDash in New York. You can just, like, go downstairs and walk 20 feet in any direction and you'll hit three different places that serve food <laughs> like but he also doesn't have a job as we're going to find out next episode <laughs> yes, oh, but he has okay. an apartment so he has, i'm not sure he where that comes money. from either he has some sort of money maybe maybe he put like 25 dollars in the bank back in 1940 or whatever and right, then showed up in 1990 right. and it's, it's a philip interest. j fry situation classic witcher 3 situation yeah, <laughs> yeah so um Episode 19 starts Kazumi, we're at Kazumi's beach house. Um, <coughs> God, three is liking the Chinese dress like she's holding it up in front of her. We cut out to Gilmore talking with nine. They're saying they're like, everybody left the house because it's nice out. Apparently it's a nice day. Three shows up in that dress apparently to like impress nine, but Gilmore does like the boing sound effects and stares at her. Like gape mouthed. This And then like he tells her like, you should wear something with more modesty. It's strange and nine's I, like hey girl I, I think it's supposed to be going like oh no my my daughter is wearing dress no yeah. no my daughter sack. who is older than me who's sat <laughs> yeah. overhead right now no no yeah so nine's like it looks fine but you do just get in the 19th century 20th century whatever um so Gilmore says that he hasn't heard from uh, two in a while and they're kind of concerned because he's the only cyborg that hasn't really kept in touch this this eh, makes total he's sense he's a dick yeah, he's and then they're like, hey, it's, it's fine, he's a dick, whatever. Fuck <laughs> <Love> that guy. <laughs> uh, so we cut to New York City. Um, there's kind of a montage of people walking around and stuff. Um, two is watching some guys play basketball, and then a small child named Jimmy shows up. Uh, they Jimmy the kid. Jimmy the kid. I hate this kid. <laughs> <laughs> he. They sit on a park bench, and Jimmy starts asking. It's like, oh, can you continue the story about the cyborg soldiers? So two begins talking about the story of the cyborg soldiers. It's just him retelling the fight with Black Ghost, but like pulping it up. And like we see Jimmy's imagination of what's happening, and it's kind of like crudely drawn and a little bit different, but it's just two self insert fan fiction of them beating up Black Ghost. I'm the unkillable robot. Women and, and children love is, me. I mean, yeah, him, I was going to say, him. easily the best line is yeah, like at the end, he's like, and then he flew off the bomb into the sun and it exploded. He's like, oh no, did two make it? He's like, of course, he's invincible. Two couldn't be hurt. And he's like, and the women and children love him. Like, he just like tacks it on. <laughs> like at the end, he's like, also, everyone loves him and he's great at sex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Jimmy thinks two is super cool, and so they walk around. Um, later on, they like walk by this alleyway. Um, there are kids teasing another kid about like having a doll. Like one of the kids is holding the doll, but the other kid's like, "Ha ha, you can't get it." So Jimmy sees this and he's like, "Someone has to stand up for this." And he looks up the two, and two gives him the thumbs up. So Jimmy goes into the alleyway and starts beating the shit <laughs> out of the kid. Get him! Get him! <laughs> this is this is very much like. So the kids obviously start beating up Jimmy, and this is very much uh, Goten or Gohan getting the <laughs> yeah, shit beat Goku out of him. Yeah, Goku watching. Yeah, Goku nodding in a, in approval mm-hmm. as Sally's beating the shit out of Gohan. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, kid. 
We cut the later um, two and an injured Jimmy enter this cafe. There's a waitress there uh, named Kathy. She has a terrible Brooklyn accent. It is just hammed up. Uh, she starts asking Jimmy what happened. And then she's like, hey, were you there? Why didn't you stop this? And it's like, oh, you know, kids will be kids. And she's like, why could, why you parent, give me parenting advice when you don't even have a job? And two looking really upset. Um, she tells him to go home. That there's no coffee for him. And uh, two leaves, even though the guy in the background is like, we just put on a fresh pot of coffee. <laughs> and she's like, fuck off, No, Jim. we didn't. Not for him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got to later that night. Two is looking over the pier side into the Hudson or something, and he hears sirens. It's like, I can't believe it's been 40 years. Uh, so they get a flashback to 40 years ago. Two Back is on the beating. Dry dock. <laughs> they, from, by the way, in this flashback, they look like the Belong West Side story. Yes. Like, I mean, his name is Jet. <laughs> that's true. God damn it. <laughs> um, two is just beating up dudes and making a big show of it. Eventually, the cops show up, everyone scatters. Uh, two hides, but there's a lot of cops and he doesn't know he's going to get out of it. These two blues brother looking assholes show up. And it's like, hey, we have a car. You should leave with us. And he's like, I don't know. But the cops are closing in. So he does that. Which is kind of incredible. Idiot. Like the fuzz is after you and some dudes you've never seen in a black limo show up. Like, ah, yes, my getaway. <laughs> yeah. So back in the present, he's like, I didn't know they worked for Black Ghost. How would I have known? Uh, so he leaves. There's a weird thing here. He's kind of being spied on by what looks to be a private detective with red hair. This yeah, never comes like, up in the next two episodes. No, so I don't even know it if it's relevant. Up, yeah, I forgot about that. I did too, yeah. Like, I put it in there because I thought, like, maybe it would show up, but it didn't. No. But anyway, um, Two is going back to his apartment right as Kathy is leaving. Apparently, they live in the same apartment complex. Um, Kathy is leaving for her second job, and she says she has to work unlike someone. And she's like, also, oh, stop telling my kid about those weird cyborg stories. You're putting stupid ideas in his head. Um, two sighs and leaves, and he goes and sleeps on his couch. Uh, later, Jimmy comes over. It's like fucking 1130 at night. I don't know why Jimmy's there, but um, he apologizes. His mom for... is working fucking off hours. Probably just wants some companionship. I guess, yeah. Demands uh, a father figure. He apologizes for his mother, um, saying that she's been angry lately ever since dad moved out. Uh, it's very obvious that Jimmy looks up to two. And um, to is kind of paying a father figure here. Teaching him all the wrong lessons. Yeah. Yeah, like learning how to box. They start like shadow boxing in his apartment. Look, it was much more profitable back when two was like a normal human. Mm. Um, so outside, a guy starts yelling for Jimmy and they ask what's up. Apparently the hotel where Kathy is working her second job is now on fire. So that's cool. Uh, we cut to that. There's firefighters. Uh, two and Jimmy show up at the police line. A co-worker spots Jimmy and says the mom went back inside to save a child, which is something no firefighter would ever allow. Right. Don't do that. That's not allowed. <laughs> That's a cool way to end up with two corpses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, let's, let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. So two asks the firefighter is like, hey, you got to go back in. There's a woman in there. And they're like, we're waiting for a chopper. Uh, so two runs into the building. Again, something a firefighter would not allow. <laughs> with like, there's... <laughs> Three or four firefighters in the frame as he runs in. It was not even a hey, try, stop. To be no. clear. And, and there's not. even a, there's another scene that's even better right after this. Yeah, this next scene makes no sense. So like he goes into like the hotel's atrium and like looks up and sees that there's fires on like the tenth floor or something. He uses his rocket boots, goes straight up there. There's a firefighter giving oxygen to a kid, 
And so Tim just walks over and asks about Kathy. And the firefighter, not saying, hey, where the fuck did you come from? Instead says, nope, haven't seen anyone. So he runs into the smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Now this firefighter, who is in a burning building saving another human being, is like, oh, yeah, no, I ain't seen a lady like that. Do you think it was just so bizarre and he was in such a stressful <laughs> situation saving a child's life that it just didn't even clock? Like his brain just didn't even register <laughs> didn't that even something ask. was wrong? Like he's, he's just like, oh yeah, no, I haven't seen anyone. Yeah, no, no, you're fine, man. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he oh, just like kind of like defaulted right. to his normal responses Who instead of like freaking out. How did you get in here? What are what are you doing in here, man? No, none of that. Just, no, I ain't seen a lady. It's fine. If if you're stressed enough, you don't notice a motherfucker floating three feet in the air. (laughs) You just don't catch it. It's one of those things later on in like your post report, you put that, you don't know if you want to put that down because in like the psychological op would be like, there will be questions if you write that. Yeah, so we cut to uh, two yelling for Kathy, which is he had three's hearing to see it. He eventually spots Kathy and picks her up. Uh, the fire is spreading pretty rapidly, and he doesn't see any other way out. So he turns on his rocket boots and jets her through the hallway, and she is shocked that he is flying. Uh, they stop in front of a door, and it blows up and kind of into him. I can't believe the propane storage caught fire. Yeah, um, he protects her from the fire for a bit, but um, she's like, it's a miracle, and then starts to berate him, saying, like, this is stupid, why are you putting us in danger? And then spots that he has, a, like, a busted knee, like, his knee is completely open and robotic. Um, so she immediately starts putting two and two together and realizes that the story that she told Jimmy was about him. Uh, he tells her, like, we need to get to the roof, but I can't go any farther, so leave me. And so she immediately starts getting pissed in her Brooklyn accent, calling him a crybaby, saying that cyborgs never give up. It's just a broken leg, dude. Get over it. Yeah. Or were you lying to my son? Like, it's <laughs> really confusing. Yes. But <laughs> so, it's the only type of reinforcement that he'd actually listen to. You're not wrong. Yeah, she is very yeah, soon yeah, dear yeah, about yeah. this to get him to cooperate. He, it is one of my favorite things when someone's just like, stop being injured. And the other person's like, mm, okay. <laughs> Like, uh, all if you right. put it that way. Yeah, then after she says all this, she like kind of feels faint because there's no oxygen left. Oh, so, right, the smoke inhalation. Yeah, so he is in pain, but eventually carries her to the roof with his busted leg. Um, on the roof, she asks if he'll be able to ever walk again. He's like, I'm the indestructible cyborg, and they have a laugh. The, uh, they, this is a really awkward laugh, too. Yeah, so like, the it chop- goes for 20 seconds. The chopper comes in, and everybody starts cheering. It's super weird. Like, the chopper shows up, and it, I guess, gets relayed, like, we found two people on the roof, like, down to the fire marshal. But then the whole crowd starts going, whoa! Two people on the roof! <laughs> like, how did we you love helicopters! They're that. sick as hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Did they, do, did they announce that? Are they narrating the fire? Yeah, of course they are. Even if they're on the roof, that's still real dangerous. You gotta, like, send them the, like, rope line stuff and pick them up. Wait, are you saying the building of a uh, the roof of a building might not be the best place to be if the whole building's on fire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we cut the later. Um, Jimmy knocks at Two's apartment's door and walks in, but no one's there. Um, there's a note on the dresser addressed to him. Um, his mother comes in and says, "Like, listen, we're gonna go say goodbye to him." Uh, they That's right, in. baby. Abandoned by two dads. <laughs> yeah, not the best life lesson <laughs> to give this kid. Um, we see two is doing a voiceover as Jimmy runs like to the beach or dock pier, wherever it is and says like, I can't say goodbye now. My friends need me. So I had to leave on short notice, but we'll meet you again someday. Uh, Jimmy starts crying. 
2 does his flyover and Jimmy sees him and is like, oh, that's Jet. That's the guy I know. And Kathy says goodbye. Uh, and the last scene of the episode is Gilmore saying that he needs to take it easy. Your leg is still healing. But 2 is flying around outside the dolphin saying, I'm indestructible. And Gilmore's like, he's different. And 2's like, thanks, Jimmy, for letting me bone your mom. I know. Like, it's because he got laid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's different now. It's like, yeah, he hasn't gotten laid in 50 years. It feels great. Uh, So episode 20. Yes. Here's the dog episode. (laughs) The dog episode is here, everyone. You made it. Congratulations. (laughs) Welcome to the dog episode. Uh, So we see some snow falling. It's Tokyo. There are people walking around. There's a guy in a suit. He pulls his hand out of his pocket and looks at his finger, and his finger's on fire, and he's like, that's weird. And then his hand's on fire. He's like, huh? And then he just bursts into flames. This is in Shibuya in front of the Hachiko statue. So in case you didn't know this was a dog episode, it literally, like, starts... He catches fire in front of the statue of a dog and jump cuts to the dog statue, like, five or six times. Hachiko set that man on fire! Good dog! And it's... It's maybe... Maybe the most famous dog statue in the world. Yes. Yeah. I would like to add. Yeah, that is like the only. I am I, having a hard time thinking of other famous dog structures, but I feel like that's the one. I guess the I feel like one they got it. Columbo and his dog. Yes, in like, Bel- or, uh, fucking God, Bulgaria, I think. Yeah, yeah. I feel that there's okay, probably a statue good. of Wishbone someplace. Probably. Mm. Mm. Uh, so we cut over to Six making food uh, in his restaurant. Seven is reading the paper. There's an article about the guy spontaneously combusting. Uh, there's a lot of puns in the scene. I don't remember any of them. It's fine. Yeah. We cut to Kazumi's place. Gilmore is also reading the paper about the dude getting set on fire. Uh, there's a dog barking. Uh, apparently the Nine has adopted a new dog named Ku- God, Kubakaro. Kubakaro. Kubakaro, yeah. It's like Kubakaro. Let's it's go like with Kubikaro, that. Kubakaro, yeah. <laughs> I, I only know because Kubikuru. it sounds a lot like the name for Soul Bad Guy's dive kick in Guilty Gear, which is Kurakaro. So, I see. Uh, so yeah. the dog needs a walk. Uh, the dog is licking Nine. They're very happy. They start running on the beach. There's like a montage of Nine and the dog uh, playing. <laughs> the Nine is giving the dog the fuck eyes this entire he scene. Is. He so is. <laughs> he loves this dog. That he well, he didn't just meet him, but like to the viewer, he just met this dog. <laughs> so it's snowing on the beach or something. I don't know. Nine has a flashback to the first time meeting this dog. He says it was last spring. Uh, he's walking down the side of a road and there's like a whole crowd of people watching this dog, uh, these other two dogs solve a math problem. So there's this old man sitting on the ground with like cards in front of him <laughs> and he puts like three times five. And this dog just like sifts through some other cards and picks out like 15. And everybody's like, oh, wow, that dog is super smart dog does math yeah and uh while these adult dogs are doing their math thing there's a puppy there doing cute things like falling over and whatnot and it goes up the nine and sniffs them that's kua very cute it's it's exceptionally cute that is one cute dog that was the first time i met you kubikuro then the second time was a lot worse (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. this is like this is a, we met twice, and the first time was great, and the second time we don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> like, that's it. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, the total shift here is crazy. So, like, the dog's doing cute things, and then they talk about the second and time And it's a met. really cute puppy. I really, we really got to so emphasize. It's they did a great cute. job drawing this adorable dog. So and, um, cool pup. So immediately, 
Oh my god, the dog's been in my car. <laughs> the second time I found you, it was during the fall. And it's like cuts to him walking down and he looks and like the two dogs and the old guy are like sprawled with a bunch of tire tracks around them. And the he gives the narration in this where he's like, they were run over with the car. And then it backed up and ran him over again. <laughs> it's so funny. It is it's so funny, funny. Because they're going to say it like six or seven more times in the episode. <laughs> like, literally, he's just like, oh, my God, they ran over both of your parents and the old man with a car. And then he backed over you again. Like, it's, just like <laughs> it's supposed to be tragic, but it's just funny. I'm it's, sorry. It's so just funny because so it's like so unnecessary. <laughs> it's like just so verbose for like they all got hit by a car. You don't need to specify. And then he drove and backed up over him again. Like it's just it's this extra yeah, step right. over the line of like this guy didn't just kill a dog. He killed two dogs and an old man, and he did it twice to make sure it was super on purpose (laughs) yeah so during all this they make a point to show that the dogs had like surgical scars on their foreheads that's weird that's weird uh so nine picks up the puppy kubikero and takes him in saying that he's going to give him a family uh back in the present they're sitting on the beach and it's like i'm glad i have such a nice dog in this wonderful home uh we cut to that night nine is going out to feed him dinner but the dog has run off oh no uh, we see, we cut to a train station. Uh, there's a guy sitting on a bench. He's being rude about it. Uh, we see some dog eyes flash for a second, and then the man's on fire. Th- yeah. This dude goes even quicker than the last guy. It's just... Poof. Well, he's like a uh, uh, cigarette light. Yes. And then he lights <laughs> up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Serene, I am going to need to ask that you include Kubikaro in your power rankings. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like Kubikaro is like, I feel like Kubikaro clocks pretty high. <laughs> I, it's pretty told. good power. Like, it's like six foot better. Yes, I feel like he's just above six. So he's either third or fourth then, yeah. But How? he's also a dog. He's also he's a dog. Even more he's above dog, six. So six I think can third. Dig well. <laughs> But Kerb, well, I'm, a, I'm gonna put dog. the dog right below uh, one and seven. He, he's okay. third now. That's real high. <laughs> that sounds fair. Yeah. Um, so the next day, uh, the dog's barking. Um, Gilmore's looking at the paper. They have another thing about. Um, oh, sorry. Gilmore's looking for his paper. Kubikaro brings the name to him. They say he's a really smart dog. Uh, Gilmore starts reading the article in the paper. There's been another fire. A person set on fire. Uh, one chimes in for half a second, saying these aren't accidents, and then goes back to sleep. Yep. Thanks, one. Thanks, baby. Um, at Six's restaurant, Six is working overtime because he's really exasperated. Uh, Six makes a joke about wanting a six-armed cat, and then Seven turns into a six-armed cat. It looks really stupid. Nine then brings his dog into the kitchen, and that's a health code violation. Don't bring dogs into the kitchen. It also doesn't pay off in any way. Like, they crack the door open, and it's like, oh, yep, they're having an argument again. Well, we better leave because it would be real illegal if I brought you in here. Um. They, uh, Nine and Kubikaro go out to a field. Um, Kubikaro finds a car that, uh, like, crashed into a ditch. And, like, they somehow put together that this is the car that ran over the master and his mother and father. And so Kubikaro's eyes grow very red. And Nine's like, like, is that normal? (laughs) It was like the, yeah. There was, like, a a rear view mirror that was busted off of it in a specific way. And, like, parts of the, like, orange covering from the headlights and stuff were, like, broken out on there. And, yeah, Nine was able to just piece it together, apparently, which is wild. And then, yeah, more importantly, it literally, like, zooms in on the dog's eyes turning red. And it's, like, 
fur fluttering in a very unnatural way and nine just looking at it like do dogs do that i'm not sure i think is this that is the part where we bring do? up i don't think nine has ever seen a dog before this episode quite possibly <laughs> no. not also like kukuro kind of looks like a coyote he does yes. it should be noted yes. like mm-hmm. he's a pretty slender dog he's a pretty feral dog yeah uh, so we go back to Six's restaurant. Uh, the TV is on, and there's a news report saying that, like the car that was found in quote the hit and run killing of the math dog, which math is a great dog. line. <laughs> they call them the math dogs. <laughs> oh my god, the hit and run killing of the math dogs. <laughs> the man don't give a shit. Math dogs. Th- those are the more important. I would like to point out it is not a hit and run. It is a hit, and then he backed up to hit yes, him again. Yes, the news anchor does say that. <laughs> Yeah, so they say that they found the fingerprint of the two fire victims in the car, and the police have no idea what's going on. Uh, Seven chimes in to say that he thinks the men that killed Kupakero's parents are those two guys that got lit on fire. Uh, Six thinks that it's a revenge killing of the old man's ghost. That's, yeah, great. Sure. Uh, At Kazumi's house, Kubakero again leaves um, in the middle of the night, and Nine tails him. Kubakero's a dog, so he knows he's being followed, but he doesn't care. He runs to this abandoned warehouse, and then uh, Nine loses Kubikero somehow. In the warehouse, these two guys are saying, like, are super scared that, like, our friends got lit on fire. I really hope that doesn't happen to us. And the other guy's like, oh, if we go turn ourselves in, maybe good things will happen. And the guy's like, I don't want to go to jail. So they get into an argument. Side note, does it take four people to perform a hit-and-run assassination? Yeah. I feel that maybe Obviously. it was just, like, an Uber driver. And then, like, <laughs> maybe guys in the back or something. <laughs> Uh, so Kubikero shows up. Uh, he is growling. Uh, the guy picks up his pipe. He's like, come here, doggy. Kubikero goes like Super Saiyan Blue and lights him on fire. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think I was posting screenshots of this whole episode. And it was just <laughs> the immediate, uh, like, oh, fairly sure dogs don't do this. And it's like, to be clear, Kubikero is taking up, I don't know, maybe like, one-tenth of the frame and is standing at the very back at the very top left edge of the frame and then the dude that's getting super roasted is in the front like very up close and then the entire rest of the frame is like filled up with like blue power energy swirls like this dog is going ape shit (laughs) and nine's still like okay i'm fairly certain dogs don't do this <laughs> at this, at this point i am fa- i am feel it is safe to say this is not a regular dog <laughs> no the blue field means he wants his tummy rubbed right <laughs> uh so the other guy sees his friend getting lit on fire and uh steals a motorcycle and rides off kubikero sets the bike on fire the guy crashes but runs up the nine asking for help uh nine is like kubikero is no please stop this and the dog kind of does that dog thing where it hides behind something in plain view and with the guilty eyes and then runs off (laughs) i'm sorry Uh, i murdered that man so we cut the nine he's at the beach he's very sad that his dog ran away um we get a news voiceover uh saying that the man other the last surviving man turned himself in over the killing of the guy in the The killing where he ran over two uh, men and two dogs and then ran over them again (laughs) I can't, they keep bringing that point off. It's so yes. stupid. <laughs> uh, the police still don't know what caused the fire, and they're still looking into stuff. Um, the guy apparently said it was the dog who did it, but the police don't believe him. They're checking him into a mental health facility. Um, Nine is at the beach. He's uh, he's staring out of the beach, uh, still looking for Kubikero, and he's like, he didn't come home last night. It must be him. Uh, the news also makes a mention to say that the crazy guy that turned himself in is being transported someplace in a car. 
And I'm not sure that's something that the police that the like police would let yeah. come out, really. No, Especially not. someone whose friends are all dead. No. Yeah, that seems like a good way to get another witness killed. Um, we see shots of Tokyo. It's in the snow. The police car is driving off, transporting that guy who turned himself in. Uh, Nine is watching the car, knowing the Kubikara will show up and go after it. So Nine tails the car for a while. Nine has this, I don't know, internal oh monologue my. in the 50 zone for like two God. minutes. It's to... so strange. It's so strange. New cyborg power is manifesting. Yeah, like he says he feels for Kubikaro and like yeah, he's like, I hear your footsteps and it's like, I know what it is to run like this and like you have to like forgive them and he begs Kubikaro to stop and tries to empathize with this dog who's not in frame. You can hear me, dog. We're connected. It's it's really, really strange. <laughs> yeah. All the like like images are strange. Like there's cuts like the snow. There's like fainting on the dog and stuff. It's... It's really just it's very weird. weird. He's if trying he to has... humanize this dog, and it just doesn't yes. work. He's really in love with this dog. He really is. Yeah, so Kubikero uh, jumps in front of the police car, and it crashes. Um, the dog goes Super Saiyan again, and then Nine shows up on the scene and starts yelling its name again, trying to appeal to it. Um, he says stuff like, you know, killing this man won't bring back your parents or your master. Please come home with me. We have so much to live for. The d- and then the dog barks and explains, woof. They have violated dog law, and thus I will enforce dog law upon them, number nine. He doesn't say that, but that's that's what he feels, I know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, watching this episode had dog. a 50 zone moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I empathize with this dog. I also want to light those guys on fire. <laughs> According to dog law, this is just... <laughs> it's, it's Cyborg 009's problem. He doesn't comprehend dog law. <laughs> I mean, I was cheering every time one of those guys got set on fire, so... <laughs> I'm well on the dog side here. Yeah, like, even if I was a hitman, if someone was like, all right, I need you to do a hit on this old man and also his two dogs, I'd be like, all right, the old man, sure, the dogs, you can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what the dogs do? Absolutely not. Yeah, what the dogs do? Oh, they're going to add at you. Like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) They do math. They're the math dogs. They're not even like vicious. I can't kill the math dogs. (laughs) The dogs did the fucking bookie for the tax scheme that they had and the dogs (laughs) made too much. Tying up loose ends. Dog counting. <laughs> the dogs are the ones that were cooking the books for Blackpost. <laughs> yeah, no so, one ever saw it coming. <laughs> so Kubikira spots the criminal and starts to get his fire eyes ready. Uh, Nine runs in front of the criminal guy and gets lit up by Kubikira instead. Um, Nine is kind of had his shirt burnt off and he's now in his cyborg clothing and he pleads for Kubikira to stop. Uh, Kubikiro just blows up the car instead. Uh, this causes the criminal to freak out, so the criminal starts running. Um, he lights the criminal on fire, and then the cop's like, oh no, and he lights the cop on fire. <laughs> Which I would just like to say, the cops try to I can't believe Zero Nine got fully and thoroughly outplayed, cooked no butter by a dog. <laughs> like, he was like, I'll block the shot, I'll save this man. And then the dog's just like, oh, you will, huh? <laughs> And nah, all bro. three of them were gone, and it's just like, ah! This is why Dog is uh, above nine on my tier list. There you go. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, completely outplayed number nine. Yeah. <laughs> and so nine is very you know, distraught at this point. He knows that he can't have this dog um, just murking people for no reason. So <laughs> You can't keep immolating people. I'm going to have to put you down, old yeller. Yeah, so... Dog law wasn't meant to wield such power. <laughs> and yeah, this so... is why nine is in my shit list. <laughs> 
Yeah, so nine old, old yellers Kubikara with his gun. Uh, we cut later. You couldn't have set that to sleep, no? It's not the, yeah, you could have used the sleep you're one, right. but you instead just Uh-oh. shot him. You're right. No, he's absolutely. Oh, fuck. And nine's the worst. Nine's the worst. Yeah, so we got to a montage of um, after the fact, like the cop is getting his hands fixed or whatever because he was burnt or whatever. There's a whole bunch of sad music here, and Nine is there just crying over Kubikaro's dead body. Um, we cut to Nine burying him in the woods. Uh, Six wonders if like the old man was somehow connected to Black Ghost, but no one knows. Uh, Seven says, "All right, so I'm I worked as a medical engineer for a while. I just <laughs> want to put that on the table right here and." Um, so they surgically altered the dog's parents is the thing that's revealed here. Mm-hmm. Um, but not Kubikaro. No. And they're wondering why does this dog have fire brain powers? And they theorize, well, they must have passed down a gene? Via his genetics. Um, I have a lot of questions. First of all, which gene is the one that indicates pyrokinesis which one is that I would like to see it I, w- maybe, I would be interested in perhaps getting mine activated that sounds pretty cool <laughs> maybe the surgery they did was just like to open up the dog's head and drop like cobalt 60 in there and see what happens and maybe the dog's mutated and maybe. have a baby dog with psychokinesis pyrokinesis I mean it's either that or they specifically did something to like the dog's balls because <laughs> When you do genetic engineering, yes, if you yes. don't do it to the like, you know, the reproduction yeah. cells, yeah, there's, there's, there's you don't get fire pyrokinesis powers. I'm just saying. I, yeah, I don't feel that they could have shown surgery cuts on the dog's balls in this kid's show. Holy shit! It's the exact same fucking scene of Nine discovering the two dogs and the old man dead, except instead of having their foreheads forward with the scar, it's just both with their genitals just played out. <laughs> Is this what you want, Vicky? Is this what you want? Look, I'm just saying, I'm, give, I'm, a, I'm willing to give this show a lot of credit, but this was a bridge too far. <laughs> so yeah seven wonders how Kubikaro got the powers the parents leave surgically altered but not him and then one chimes in to say oh yeah that's true yeah it was <laughs> that dubs. yeah 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 he had his he had his dog pyrokinesis gene activated but it didn't go full on until he got super pissed off <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, so Nine says it's ironic that his love for his parents and master was made him so hatred and made his powers be so powerful or something. Three, the- three, that's not irony. It's <laughs> not ironic. Yeah, and so the last, ep- last scene is Nine being super sad on the grave and they put flowers down or something. Dog episode's fucking wild. <laughs> Holy shit. People are immolated. There's and the so dog many was killed, which is the worst part. <laughs> it's true. The, the good it, dog, the good dog that killed bad people was killed. I'm so sad. What? I'm just, I'm so baffled by the dog's understanding of morality. <laughs> but then, like, the fact that the dog is able to have paws when it's like, well, the dog, but but he's being taken into the justice system. Surely there will be justice. And the dog's like, mm, maybe. <laughs> and then, the justice and only then benefits the rich. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> 
<laughs> the dog just turns to zero zero nine, and he's like, "Who do you think funds all this?" <laughs> <laughs> Police will never help you. Trust only your pyrokinesis. <laughs> Look, he set a cop on fire. I think we can all agree. Good, good dog. Good praxis. Good, good dog. dog. <laughs> set fire to a cop car. <laughs> if only that dog had had a better, better upbringing, he could have been using his powers for good. <laughs> so yeah, next time is well, twenty-one through yeah. twenty-four. Hey, spoilers, everybody. I I don't think any of them are going to have a dog with pyrokinesis. However. Oh, God, no. We can't say what's in the next episode, but we've seen the preview, and it's probably going to be wilder than the dog episode. Oh, no. What? Look forward to 21. It looks batshit. Holy shit. Well, I guess we all have something to look forward to on the next episode of Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Space anime. Space anime.